progress is happiness. And that has been so powerful for me because sometimes we think we're not achieving anything or we're not achieving what we want. But if we're making progress towards it, that's happiness. So even with my corporate clients, you know, they want to make changes now. And I'm like, listen, progress is happiness. Let's just celebrate the first step, the single step, the small win. Let's just celebrate that because we're moving towards it. And that one I use a lot in my personal life. Welcome to the Daily Authors Podcast, a daily podcast all about books and the authors who gave them life. Each episode, your host interviews a new brilliant author as they reveal inside information about their incredible books and inspiring lives. Now, here's your host, Aaron Gendel. Hey, Aaron Gendel here. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Daily Authors Podcast. It means so, so much to me. And maybe you've been thinking about writing a book of your own. And if so, do not wait. The world is hurting and needs your help. It needs your book. I would love to help you on your journey to write your book. So simply email me at Aaron at dailyauthors.com and I'd love to hear about your book idea. Now enjoy the show. All right. Thank you so much, Marguerite O'Rain, for joining me on the Daily Authors Podcast. So, so happy for you to join me today and talk to you, me about your book, Forget It, What's the Point? Letting Go and Claiming Joy. Thanks again, Marguerite, for joining me on the show. Thank you, Aaron. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, before we start talking about your book, I was hoping we'd uh, get in a little bit more about you and perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and your work, Marguerite, and what you've got going on right now. Well, right now I'm in Toronto, Canada, which is where I lived. I moved here from Jamaica in 2009 and people say, why did you move from Jamaica to Canada? And I say oh for the weather but (laughs) (laughs) lots of reasons but you know the world is a it's a big place but it's also a small place and um we're one um i do come from the land of bob marley who famously (laughs) sings sang song sang one love one heart let's get together and be all right and i just really believe in that you know, we just need to recognize how alike we are and how the power of love can just do a lot of healing. And um, on the other side, um, I'm an MBA from Harvard Business School. So <laughs> that's like, oh, wow. oh awesome. what? So I'm kind of not your typical Harvard MBA, although I have exhibited certain traits many years ago when I just graduated. But I really, Aaron, want to bring joy and happiness to people at work where we spend most of our time. And yet, you know, the work I do in corporates, most of it in the Caribbean, but some here in Canada and the U.S. as well, people are just miserable. (laughs) Miserable. I'm like, why? You know, and, and to spend more than half of your waking day at work being miserable it saddens me so i try to bring joy into the workplace through facilitation as well as coaching ceos and their leadership teams and um it works (laughs) awesome wow that's incredible stuff i think it's wow so needed i worked in the corporate world for a long time and i could definitely like i've seen those same things so um very interested to hear what you have to say about it and how, how you're doing that. So 
maybe we can dive into your book and um, maybe it seems to be related. So uh, let's dive in. Maybe you can give, give the listeners a little bit more of that high-level overview and what really inspired you to write, Forget It, What's the Point? Okay, so Forget It, What's the Point is my second book. My first was Free and Laughing. Okay. And that came, um, and I'm going back to that because that came from a blog. I started blogging in 2006, so I'm one of the fairly early yeah. bloggers. And it was in 2007, December, my mom was going to be 90 years old. And, um, and like, what do you give a 90-year-old who kind of has everything already? Right? And uh, people had always said, well, why don't you write a book? And one day I got up and I, one of these shower moments, you know, when you're in the shower and water's flowing and you're like, oh, I know, I'll write a book. <laughs> and I realized I already had the content, which on a deeper level is an amazing lesson because so many times we think we need this, we need that, and we have it. You know, I already at that time, I probably had about maybe 60 or 70 blogs actually written. So it was wow. just a matter of going through the blog posts and pulling together them together. And I did this book. So that was a fantastic lesson and it brought me so much joy to give it to mommy as she passed five months later mm. and the beautiful thing about that is that when she passed it because I said everything to her that I wanted to say through the book as well as you know we were close anyway but it wasn't a deep sadness and grieving miss her but you know I had said what I needed to say to my mother yeah anyway so fast forward 10 years to me being in Toronto, totally never, ever thought I was going to be living in Canada, but that's life. And um, maybe, no, not 10 years, maybe oh, six years into my journey in Toronto, I decided, well, I've written one book, time for me to learn how to write. <laughs> so I went to do this um, uh, program at the University of Toronto in creative writing and the certificate in creative writing and my final project, I had to do a 22,000 word project. So I did that. And then when I did, I'm like, well, <laughs> if I put all of this work into this thing, I'm just going to publish this book. Yeah, that's already so a book, right? <laughs> that's what happened. Um, now, this book was a lot more painful than Free and Laughing, which is the first book. Free and Laughing just flowed like magic. It was like it, I started to pull it together in September. Mommy's birthday was in December and it just flowed. And I always say when you're motivated by, by pure love, everything will just flow like that book. Everything, it happened. It was magical. This other one, um, Wallace, I just didn't have a reason um, other than, gosh, I've written all of this stuff. I need to share it with the world. Anyway, I got it done. And um, I launched it in September 2018. And um, it's, I called it, forget it, what's the point? And that also came from my mother because when she was transitioning the last six weeks of her life, she would lie in bed and um, she would just sort of look far away. And she would say, she'd call somebody's name that I knew that she had a challenge with. Hmm. And she would say, ah, 
forget it. What's the point? <laughs> and, and, and we would laugh. I mean, this is this crazy. <laughs> the first chapter in the book is called A Beautiful Dying, and it tells that story. Because wow. there's actually a lot of laughter as she was making her transition. That's great. And, um, yeah, and so that's how the book came about. So it's, it's vignette stories about things that have happened in my life throughout my journey um, that I, I've just had to let go of, um, you know, or I've chosen to let go of because what's the point of holding on to them? And letting go of them has brought me place to places of joy. And so that's what I posit in the book. So it's rather than telling you here are three ways to find joy, I just share the things that I've gone through and hope that it inspires people. And the feedback is that it does. Incredible. Awesome. Well, I wanted to, you got me curious because I've got these, I'm sure some awesome stories already told, told me one there. <laughs> uh, what's uh I guess if there was one story or uh, a story that you'd want to share with the listeners today, maybe one that you've gotten a lot of feedback from, is there anything like that in the book that you wouldn't, that wouldn't mind sharing with us today? Well, you mean to read the whole thing? <laughs> no, no, just give us, the, give us the, the glimpse of what you learned from maybe one of the, the stories you've got and how you let go maybe. Yeah, the first one is a beautiful dying because, of course, death is it's something that I don't think we talk about enough in our society in our Western society. And it's something that really devastates us. And it, it's interesting because it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, we know that. And yet we don't speak about, you know, we don't come to terms with it. And I thought that watching mommy going through her process and really brought me to a place of knowing that, look, you know something, this is not something that um, we need to fear. Yes, it's scary because we don't know. It's a big unknown. But there was something about watching her going through it, you know, the looking far away that let me know that there's, there's something else out there. Hmm. There's something else. And I remember once, and I relate that in the book, she, for a few days, she just sort of went off. She would stare far in the distance and then you know, not say anything. And then um, she came back and my sister said to her, so mommy, are you going to tell us where you went? And she says, no, you'll have to find that out for yourself. But we knew she had gone somewhere. So that was very, very powerful for me. And, you know, my siblings I have a brother and a sister. And, um, and it has helped others as well who have read it and who have really resonated with and I think got some comfort from this story. So that's certainly one. Another one that's really dear to me is, uh, they're all dear. <laughs> I'm sure. The one I love um, because it's sort of very important, in particular for women, but maybe men go through it too, this whole process of aging. So this one is called Butterfly Wings. And it's about this, you know, the underarm thing, flappiness that we get as we get older. <laughs> and just how I came to terms with this fact of getting older, getting softer, getting wrinklier, <laughs> everything going south, and realizing that, you know what, there is a purpose in all of this. 
there is a purpose in the butterfly wings and you and your readers will have to get the book to find out what the purpose <laughs> is but i won't i won't tell you what it is but there there is just taught me to take this that we think oh my youth is gone but but no it there's something else and we might think our body is you know deteriorating but no it's just changing like a butterfly so i that one is very dear to me as well and then there are two that i wrote about the process of migrating leaving jamaica and coming to canada and settling into canada and and the whole concept of home because that's one thing that we we tend to hold on to and forget it what's the point you know and um i speak about that whole that you know what leaving jamaica land that i love dearly as i call it the home of my heart um and moving to canada and also loving canada and the tension what one can feel when you were in in having two homes or two of anything um you know am i betraying jamaica by loving canada <laughs> and and coming to terms with the fact that my heart can be big enough to hold both so yeah. um those i think are yeah so those are great so, stories i know yeah <laughs> thank you for sharing them with us marguerite appreciate that well i wanted to make sure the listeners and the readers really understood what you were trying to capture with your book and so I wondered if you could just sum it up for us if there was just one thing that um, the readers could take away from your book what would that be so the I don't want to say the futility but the the that holding on to things the it forget it whatever it is whether it's death or fear of death whether it's home whether it's you know, a pair of diamond earrings, um, whatever it is, that holding on to it sucks the joy out of our life. And the importance of living lives of joy, but you cannot do that if you're walking around with the load of things that you're holding on to. And I relate to many instances in my life of what these things are. And I think part this book was also healing for me in writing it because in the process of writing and getting it out i actually healed many things because i forget it what's the point you know let go <laughs> enjoy and and i always urge whenever i do a reading i urge people to write their own stories i urge people to journal to blog and just get things out because it's not worth keeping it to yourself i should mention i was extremely blessed to have archbishop desmond tutu write the foreword mm. and you know he's i love that man so much <laughs> And he's done so much work on forgiveness, which is a big part of letting go, of course. Yeah. Uh, the whole issue of forgiveness. So I just knew that he would be the perfect person to write the foreword. And even when my coach said, well, well, if Archbishop Tutu doesn't write the foreword, who are you going to ask? I'm like, nobody. If he doesn't do it, then there will be no foreword. That <laughs> <laughs> also shows the power of intention, right? Yeah, that's amazing. And he, he said something in his foreword that I feel very blessed by, but I realized that he said, 
uh, to paraphrase that he's so happy that someone else is here to continue his work. Wow. And I'm like, wow. So, <laughs> and he's one of the most joyful people you can ever see or meet. So I really am blessed by that. And that's how I view it, to, to continue the work of making the world a better place, one person at a time, by helping people to live lives of joy without the baggage that comes along that we accumulate over our lifetimes. I love that message, Marguerite. Thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Thank you, Aaron, and all the best to listeners. Uh, Let me know when you read the book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've got a few more questions for you. Um, I wondered if we could would talk a little bit more about you and your influences, Marguerite, and wondered if, you know, I'm always curious to know a little bit more about authors and what's influenced them. So if you could talk us through who or what's influenced you the most, you feel like to um, be a uh, multiple author and write and publish multiple books. Well, you mean you want the authors who have influenced me or just any, any, Yeah, anybody, I guess, authors you or... probably realize that my mother was a massive influence. Um, okay. She inspired both books. And she was an amazing, amazing lady. And I don't say that because she's my mother, but because a lot of other people agree. So she was a huge influence on my life. I think also in terms of others who have influenced me, I think, and I'm not sure this is others so much as growing up in Jamaica. Jamaica is a fascinating place. Have you ever been, Aaron? No, I, I want oh to my go. Gosh, you've got to come to Jamaica. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a, I don't know, there's something about the energy of Jamaica that is just absolutely amazing. It's very special. And we've had some very special people come from Jamaica, Bob Marley being one, and so on. But I also think uh, growing up in Jamaica, I grew up in a predominantly black um, environment. You know, the population is like 90, 90, 95% black. And so I grew up in an atmosphere where um, people looked like me. I was around that. And I think that that helped in terms of my confidence. I also grew up in a society where um, women are very, very strong and you find women um, succeeding in business and leadership positions. So I always had, I just always accepted those things as normal. Yeah. Well, that comes through and first of all, gave me the confidence to even write sit and write my stories. Um, in, in terms of, of writers, um, I love Shakespeare. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just absolutely adore Shakespeare. We, in Jamaica, we grew up under the, we have a British system or had a British system of education. So we all studied Shakespeare. <laughs> and um, his, his use of words are absolutely just mind-boggling. I also am very, very inspired by uh, Derek Walcott, who is a Caribbean Nobel laureate, um, a poet and a novelist. And his use, I've never read anyone that just captures the beauty of and the soul of the Caribbean the way he does uh, or did. He's passed on. And so I love reading him as I've 
the shift I've had to make, Aaron, in my writing is to move from being trained as a business writer, which means you're very short, to the point, active tense, to being a creative writer where you have to paint scenes and you know use metaphor and analogy and you know um take people there and emote all of that i had a tough time with that letting go of the business writing stuff and um so in doing that reading people like derek walcott became very important to me to 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 demonstrate the use of words um, in terms of more contemporary writing, Marlon James, who's also Jamaican, he's a Man Booker Prize winner, and he's also an extremely gifted writer, who I happen to know. But reading his books um, just demonstrate to me, you know, the, the power of, of deep description and the emotion and, and how you can do it. Also with Marlon, in Brief History of Seven Killings, which is the one about Bob Marley, he actually wrote quite a bit of it in our Jamaican patois, which is a you know Jamaican dialect, if you will. And I wondered, when I started to read the book, I'm like, why did Marlon do this? Because how are people outside of Jamaica going to understand? And then I started, I've seen him do readings, and, and people do understand. And so that took me to another place of appreciating not just the power of the words as we know them, but just the power of the phrase, the power of the sentence, the, the emotive power. And that if you get your, your emotions in your words, it can actually transcend the actual words themselves so that people get the meaning. And I haven't actually played around with that as much as I plan to, although I do have some Jamaican proverbs in Forget It, What's the Point? But that has been very fascinating to me mm, in is. terms of keeping my Jamaican voice while writing a book that um, I can share with the world. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you've just had uh, quite an incredible journey, Marguerite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to ask also about failure because I know a lot of times that's where we learn the most Marguerite so if there was a story or uh, something maybe you feel like you know you quote unquote failed that you wouldn't mind sharing with us today and maybe what you learned from it oh boy um you know that that one is always a tough one because I got myself to the point sometime over this journey of viewing failure as a learning experience and so I I just never use tell myself that i failed at something because i know that i um there is a reason and i need to learn the lesson um you know i if you can say for example i'm divorced so you can say i failed at marriage not really i mean i had a marriage that didn't work out right and i have three beautiful children for from it and i would never trade um, one moment of that marriage and give it up because if I did, I wouldn't have the three beautiful children. It also would not have brought me to a place of having the most amazing romantic partnership. No. So that's how I really have view failure. I mean, I failed 
failed <laughs> some businesses i've had money troubles or whatever um sometimes you know and it's and the minute i start to go down that road of failure i stop and get my pen get my journal and start writing uh so yeah that is a big part of being joyful not to take on what people call failures which are typically typically what we take on our failures is something we have not done that society expects us to do and when we can let go of that oh my gosh joy 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 <laughs> joy amazing yeah well it wraps into your message perfectly and uh yeah thank you for sharing that with this that encouragement i think it's something we all need to to listen to our hearts and tell ourselves when we feel like we're getting into that place. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love quotes, Marguerite, and wondered if you had one maybe in your book or just one that inspires you often you wouldn't mind sharing with us today. Well, there are two that I'm working with now that I share with my clients. One is ease, grace, and joy. And um, I actually have that tattooed. <laughs> Nice. on my foot I'm literally grounded in his grace and joy awesome. and it's not really a quote um, but it's just a phrase and I tack it on to everything and my, my intentions and so on the other one is something I heard um, I had attended and Tony Robbins seminars and I, I heard him say this one and I absolutely love it and I share it with my clients and I use it myself it is Progress is happiness. And that has been so powerful for me because sometimes we think we're not achieving anything or we're not achieving what we want. But if we're making progress towards it, that's happiness. Yeah. So even with my corporate clients, you know, they want to make changes now. And I'm like, listen, progress is happiness. Let's just celebrate the first step, the single step, the small win Let's just celebrate that because we're moving towards it. And that, that one I use a lot in my, perfect, my personal life and I share it a lot. Yeah. So those come immediately to mind. Those are some amazing quotes. Thank you for sharing, Marguerite. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit more about the book writing process. You've already mentioned a lot of great tips, uh, even down to how you turn that, your, set, uh, your blog posts into a book, which is, I think, an amazing uh, way to do uh, or to write a book. But are there uh, anything, anything else that maybe you've learned along the way or maybe that you know now that you wish you would have known before you started writing? I didn't know about the discipline that's required. And I realize I like I haven't done as much writing as I want to. I sh that's not true. I shouldn't say that. I post a blog every two weeks. I'm writing. Um, <laughs> but great writers or even just good writers, um, write very, very regularly and consistently. There's a discipline around writing. I thought that writing was, oh, I have a moment of inspiration. Let me write. <laughs> so that's one thing. And, um, it's a practice that now that my travel has settled down, that I am getting back to of you know 15 minutes a day writing something that's at least 15 minutes the other thing i didn't wish i'd known 
uh, was how important editing is. Yeah. Uh, when you write something, that's like your first cut. <laughs> and blogging made me kind of lazy with that because I just write and I put it up and that's it. And then when I had to get it into a book, I realized. And then when I went to the U of T course, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was going all this over and over, over again, fine tuning and cutting and pasting. Thank God for computers and stuff to cut and paste. So the editing process is just as important, if not more important than the actual um, writing. So that also is a discipline. There was a third one that came to mind, and not for that minute when I remember it, I'll tell you. <laughs> but those two, the discipline of just the daily practice around writing. Oh, the importance of reading. And in fact, I'm not just sort of sitting down and reading, but actually reading. I read differently now than, than um, when, before I was you know, knew what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I, I now read and I, I pay attention to what the writer, the author is saying and how they've said it. And, and I pay, I'm much more attentive. Before I was just reading for the story and the enjoyment and put myself to sleep. Now it's I'm literally, oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting the way you describe that and yeah. that type of thing. So I know... I don't want to say I read critically. I just read attentively. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, what about writer's block? Uh, do you, have you experienced that? And if so, what yeah. has helped you with that? I have. I actually have a blog post that I've done a few years back that says when writers can't write and leaders can't lead <laughs> about that process because I commit myself to doing a blog every two weeks, a leadership blog. And there are sometimes, like last night, <laughs> when I'm like, what in the world is due at 6 a.m. this morning? You know, and at 5 p.m. yesterday, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to write. And then I just sit and write something. And what I've found is that for writer's block, that's where the discipline comes in. Every time you sit, when you sit down to write every day, you're not going to write, or I'm not going to write. I know I'm not going to write the bestseller, but I'm writing. And I, sometimes I'll sit down and for the you know, 15 minutes of disciplined writing and I'll just start writing. I really don't know what I'm going to write today, but I'm just writing. And then after a while, by the time I'm finished, first of all, I usually go over the 15 minutes. I've actually written something that's interesting or something that I can then take and work on. So the only, I found the only way to get over to writer's block is to start writing. And if you think it's foolishness, that's fine. Just write. It works. Yeah, great advice. Yeah. Well, what about the very best part of being an author and, uh, you know, written a couple of books now? What would you say has been your best experience about being a published author? I love when someone it tells me that the book changed their life. At that is mind-boggling. So I've had a, one person told me that the book saved their life. Wow. And I'm like, woo, like they were in a deep, dark place. And, you know, they took out my book and it saved their life. And another one told me that the book saved, the book saved our marriage. Wow. 
<laughs> well, the marriage was, I wouldn't say it saved her marriage. She didn't really say it, but it just brought her to a place of appreciating her husband when before she was holding on to Altisata, all sorts of little nonsense ah. um, and blowing it up into big things about that her. That probably saved it then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I love getting that, hearing that, that it is actually that my writing has made a difference, a, a really deep difference to people's lives. On the sort of more flippant side, although it's really not that flippant, I love that I have demonstrated to others that you can do something that not many people have done. Because actually, as you know, Aaron, actually very few people that have written and published books, right? Exactly. Everybody wants to write a book. Oh gosh, I've always wanted to write a book. Well, I did, and I've done two. And I like that that is inspiring to people that that they can look at this and they say, well, okay, I can do two. So I'm always encouraging people to write their own books. I think it's so very important to do that. And then there's a sort of, you know, fun celebrity type of thing. <laughs> And meeting wonderful people like you. And um, it, it really broadens your circle yeah. of people that you know. And, and it's fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, those are three amazing reasons. And uh, couldn't agree with you more. Well, I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything, Marguerite. So if there was absolutely anything at all you'd like to share, or if there was a question you would have asked yourself, if you were in my shoes, what would that be? Oh, now you put me on the spot. <laughs> I'm a facilitator. I'm trained in, in asking questions. Can't think of any. And you've asked some very deep, thought-provoking questions. Thank you. And, and I appreciate that. I, I like the, the flow of it. As I said before, I really would just encourage everyone to write their stories, to start writing, and also to start pushing their comfort zones. So, for example, one of the things I want to start doing more of is writing poetry. Um, why? Because I hate poetry. <laughs> Although I love, I love Shakespeare, right? But I didn't write, uh, go for yeah. that one. But I do, I'm not comfortable with poetry. And so I've decided I'm going to go and do a class, some classes in poetry. And I think that's so important in, in helping us to grow beyond where we are. And also, you know, forget it, what's the point? Um, you know, forget that I don't like poetry. Let me just go and do it and explore it and see what happens. And even if I never become a poet, I think it'll make my, the, the style of writing the genre that I'm in, which is creative nonfiction, better. So I like the idea of us pushing past our comfort zone and, and doing things in our writing, taking risks and, and doing things that really just step out. The other thing I find, I think I'd, I'd like to encourage your listeners, especially any who have actually written but not published, is just Put it out. Get it out. Do it. It's so easy to self-publish now. Um, it, it is ridiculously easy that literally anyone can do it. And, and it's also at very little cost as well. 
So that's the other thing. Um, I do plan to write a book on leadership and I'm thinking of looking for a publisher for that one just because I think it'll bring a lot more discipline to my writing and my thought process. Again, pushing back against my fear of rejection. Oh, yeah, see if there's anything I fear. Rejection. <laughs> pushing past my fear of rejection. Okay, let me go get some publishers because they're really good at rejecting people. Yeah, that's the, yep, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that'll be a big frog in my throat that I need to swallow. So again, it's just, we all have something wonderful to share with this world. Many of us are blessed with the gift of writing, some with other kinds of creative art forms. But somehow, I think it's incumbent on us to, to, to share that with others, share our learning. And in the sharing, um, we bring ourselves joy because the giver, is as blessed as the receiver. Mm, absolutely, that's a beautiful message. Well, you're obviously practicing what you preach, Marguerite. I love it that you're push, push, pushing yourself to uh, do big things. It's inspiring. Well, I wanted to finish off with where the listeners could connect with you online to make sure they, they could contact you if they wanted to reach out. And maybe you've already talked a little bit about what you're up to next, but just curious if you... Um, well, you mentioned, I guess, your other book that you might might consider, but uh, just make sure the listeners know where to connect with you, I guess, online. Okay. Yep. So um, the book is on Amazon. Uh, so if you Google Marguerite Orain, O-R-A-N-E, Marguerite Orange is going to come up. There's no G. <laughs> Marguerite Orain, forget it. What's the point? Um, the other way to connect is um, on my my website, margueriteorain.com. So it's M-A-R-G-U-E-R-I-T-E-O-R-A-N-E.com. I'm also on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and I have no um, you know, name other than Marguerite Orain. I don't have one of those Instagram handles. I just, <laughs> I'm Marguerite Orain. I'm proud of who I am and I That's want great. people to find me. So, so I'm there on, I'm on Twitter as well also as Marguerite Orain. And I would love to hear from people. I, I am open to conversations, you know, so if you want help or advice or Marguerite, how did you do this? Be, please reach out to me. It is such a joy to help others and because I have been helped by so many people throughout my life. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Marguerite. It's been such yeah. a pleasure to have you on the show and just really enjoyed our conversation together and all the best in your continued success. Thank you. And the same to you. Continue doing what you're doing. It's important work. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Daily Authors Podcast. Be sure to visit dailyauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content.